I never thought I would see the day that Anne Frank would become controversial. If Helen Keller could see what's going on in this country, she would be embarrassed for it. Today on Failure to Stop Last Call, we are covering all the news. We've got Anthony, conservative ants with us, Anthony Ramondi, Drew Breezy, and Deadleg covering Russell Brand, Tim Ballard, the attack on Rumble. We've got California finding schools that ban texts uh, that are based in LGBTQ sexuality uh, that are banning those books. We've got Anne Frank being banned in Texas. A whole bunch of other things. We got a dress code that we've got to cover. We've got the Canadians celebrating a real life Nazi, and we got a sixty minutes coverage on Ukraine that will, uh, well, you know, blow your socks off. So, all this and more on today's failure to stop last call. The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. To end policing as we know it. Off the charts violence in New York City. Eleven people shot in just eight hours on this is Sunday. About the police officers, officers who every single day put on that uniform and they run towards danger when we run away from it. Oh, well, we just ended that one. Somebody just messed around with it. Nobody's supposed to be touching the controls but me. Damn it. We got a lot of people on today. It's the first time that we've done this here on the Failure to Stop Last Call show, Political News Wednesdays. Today's show is brought to you by OfficerPrivacy.com. Promo, I don't know, it's OfficerPrivacy.com forward slash Wolfpack. We also got Factor Meals. Promo code Wolfpack50, meal planning to the next level, and ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack. Sleep so good, it's scary. We got a lot to cover in the news. One joining me uh, is Andrew Baxter at Drew Breezy on the social media webs. He is a 30-year-ish detective, detective supervisor, tons of law enforcement experience. We've got Deadleg, a Hawaiian uh, ex-law enforcement who has a leg that has died on him. And then we have political commentator, uh, social media influencer, Anthony Ramonde. Gentlemen, good day. How are you? Hello. Good day. Hello. It's always real news when you're talking with an accent. This is all the news that you need to know so that you don't sound like an asshole at the weekend barbecue, giving you something else to talk about other than dead babies and domestic violence. I preached on this show a thousand times uh, that the election season is going to be something we've never seen before or experienced in our lifetime. I really, really feel like this one is going over and beyond, um, especially for first responders. You know, we're always the scapegoat in all these elections. I think it's going to be a lot worse in this one. And we're just getting started. There is an apparent attack on the rights and i'm not sure maybe i'm wrong and somebody can help me out here but i don't know that the right i've always stayed apolitical through uh through election seasons i didn't let people know who i was voting for in almost every single election i've kept it quiet but in this election i feel like if i don't speak up i will be on the wrong side of history does anybody else feel that way yes Fair enough. Fair enough. I feel like one side is attacking the other side much more viciously. I feel like the tactics that are being used right now are tactics that were just kind of, they were like top secret tactics through the 90s that you only just kind of, you just kind of like let the curtain off of them a little bit. Now we've just removed the whole curtain and we're just like a full frontal Blitzkrieg style attack. Let me use some anecdotal information for you, Eric. Um... <clears throat> I was, uh, for a few years, I worked on a Secret Service task force. I, it was a financial crimes task force, so we dealt with strictly financial crimes. Secret Service does not, um, like, ferret out their dignitary protection. 
uh, to local law enforcement, but they do financial crimes, and that's how I ended up in the position. However, uh, when by virtue of being in that position, I was actually a liaison between my law enforcement agency, a rather large law enforcement agency in, in South Florida, on the I-4 corridor, mind you, in an election year. And <clears throat> uh, just about any time a dignitary came to town, whether it be the president, a presidential candidate, the vice president, or anybody else of note, um, it is a, a rather big undertaking, as you can imagine. And I was kind of the point man for my agency. Like, you know, I would say, hey, look, they're looking for 10 horses, five boats, uh, 200 uh, officers. You know, that was that was kind of and then we would just kind of bargain from there. Like people don't realize how much money actually goes into a, a visit and how bad it gridlocks an entire town. Now, the reason I'm telling you this is because I handled the dignitary protection for everybody from George W. Bush to John Kerry. Uh, I was in motorcades for uh, Cheney and um, Barack Obama. Like, okay, so either side of the aisle, as they call it, like, you know, Democrat, Republican, and it never mattered to me. It was always about the protection. I didn't agree with John Kerry for sure, and he was... He was an asshole. I was within an arm's reach as he was chewing out a staffer, a female staffer, uh, while he was a candidate. I completely embarrassed her and belittled her in front of all of us, and he had no idea who I was, uh, but I found out who he was. My point in telling you all of this is that, is that when you go to these venues, and it's, and it's a Republican-run situation like it's it's a, a rally for let's say Trump or a rally like I wasn't part of Trump but it's a rally for uh, Cheney or George Bush it's mostly conservative people having a good time Uncle Sam beards red white and blue hats and, and everything else and everybody is welcome because we're going to get our share of protesters on the outside you're going to get your share of protesters on the inside because they hate the Republican establishment and they're going to yell and scream and do whatever they do. Uh, but it was more of a, uh, from the uh, conservative side, like, eh, just laugh it off. Like, okay, shut up. Or drown them out or just keep moving or listen to what they have to say even or just turn your back to them. Whatever. When it was the opposite. And I've seen it firsthand. I, you're, you can ask anybody that's in dignitary protection. that When it's the opposite. When it's a... Democratic candidate, Democrat um, office holder, and you're doing the dignitary protection there, and a conservative shows up with a sign, the people in that crowd are violent. They are angry. They, were, they will punch, rip the sign out of your hand, rip it in front of you, and throw it in your face. And I'm not talking about like, you know, black block or, or people with bandanas over their faces. I'm talking about like, 65-year-old men with white hair that, you know, look like Jerry Garcia or whatever. <laughs> they are violent. They, they just have this violent reaction towards conservative people. And, and this is, like, this has been going on for ages, but now they can do it anonymously. Now they can take shot, pot shots at you over the Internet. I think that's what we're yeah, seeing. Yeah, we've seen uh, uh, Tim Pool's been... Uh, you know, been the victim of swatting and all these things. I'm not sure I've seen any big leftist and maybe I'm right. Anthony, you would probably be able to answer this better, but I haven't seen any leftist 
social media commentators or anything like that getting swatted? Why is it always conservative people getting swatted? I think so conservatives have fought back on this and they have swatted liberal. Hey, uh, Anthony, really quick. Can you uh, mute your computer? Yeah. There we don't have a, we don't have an echo there, but we'll get you back up here in just a second. Uh, Why is he still, does anybody know why he's still having an echo? We'll figure it out. Two seconds here. Go ahead and talk real quick, Anthony. Let's see if you still got that. Test, test. Yeah, it's still a weird echo. Josh, if you'll call him and figure that out, I'll mute him and then we'll we'll get him back up here. Um, well, you know, in the in the sense of what we're talking about here, while we get Anthony's microphone fixed, is that Russell Brand. There's, you know, the, what we were talking about is that a lot of conservatives aren't being aren't attacking the left, but it feels like there is an over war on attacking the right Um, case in point here. And I think this is the most clear case that we've ever seen is the Russell brand case. Uh, For those of you who are not familiar or live under a rock, which is most first responders that aren't listening to social media and aren't listening to um, mainstream media, what's going on with Russell brand should scare everyone. It's not just some cheese ball actor that was in that little Greek film that all your wives make you watch, uh, uh, over and over again, get him to the Greek <laughs> type deal. Um, but no, it, you know this is uh, this is something that that's very disconcerting. Uh, what what happened to Russell Brand essentially is was Russell Brand was a a, a self <laughs> listen a self proclaimed sexual deviant back in the day. He was an addict and an addict of sex. Um, he claims that he's been with thousands and thousands of women consensually. But you know what? It was that it was that bravado that he displayed that that kind of that was his character that made him famous we all celebrated that behavior in fact not only did we celebrate it but it was all that's what we saw in the movies he literally played himself free love free drugs you know this kind of sexual guru and that's what we applauded him for and that's what made him famous now you fast forward 12 years for those of you who don't know the story and russell brand is sober he's written books he's spoken out about his uh sexual addictions and how he's overcome addiction and how he's uh, become a he's become a political commentator mainly a libertarian uh, political commentator to be more specific but recently he went on Bill Mayer's show and he called out Big Pharma by reading facts he said I'm just going to read some facts and he read about how much money Big Pharma made he made about which political deals were made during the whole COVID pandemic and he kind of just really exposed the rich elites Big Pharma and mainstream media well it just so happens that the the clip of that video of him on Bill Mayer went viral and it had over 50 million, five zero million views and counting. But what was more alarming to the rich elites and to the, I, I guess, the far left, I don't see many people from the far right complaining about this, um, but all of the comments, almost all of them agreed with Russell Brand, meaning that the people, what Russell Brand is saying is exactly what the people are thinking. Um. And then, almost with impeccable, almost divine timing, almost godlike timing, a media company decides to go out and try to find women to come out against sexual allegations. Now, all of these women, they had to be almost 
coaxed into coming out against Russell Brand. They almost had to be what it looks like and what it appears in this investigation so far is that all of these allegations, they only were present when the media came to them and under the guise of he's getting all of this success and where do you stand in this success? And you don't. So these women are coming out with these allegations, but only after. Nobody cared about these allegations. Nobody cared about his sexual deviant behavior. As a matter of fact, it was applauded by watching all of it and celebrated because we watched all of those movies and we made all of his movies extremely popular. But only until he speaks out against the rich elites do they assassinate him via character assassination. I think the days of assassination are over. You can't just go put a bullet in somebody's head in Ford's theater. Um, but what you can do is simply tell them or tell the people or whisper to a media outlet source of some kind of sexual deviant behavior and we'll let the media, we'll let the, the frenzy do its thing. And right now they are going after, they have canceled over allegations that weren't even criminal. Before they were even criminal allegations, YouTube removed Russell Brand from the YouTube. They demonetized them. I mean, this is a channel that's making tens of thousands of dollars a day. A day. So they went after this man's livelihood over allegations to a media source 12 years ago. Well, <clears throat> correct. Just, just a quick correction. They went after... Um, they they went on the word of somebody else's allegation of allegations, right? Like it's not like people reported to YouTube, hey, you know he's uh, he's a sexual deviant, blah blah blah. YouTube took this information from whatever source, and this is ex this is reminiscent of what happened with with Twitter back when it happened. Like they're just like you're a government agency, you say it's true, good enough. That's all we need. Put it in writing, and we're good to go. It doesn't have to be true. It just has to come from a source, right? Yeah, and I believe that was Nancy Pelosi that put that out. Am I correct on saying that? Uh, uh, put what out about the well? Nancy Pelosi brain? made it made a statement uh, to to the, about how, and I think this was I don't know five or six years ago where she explained the media tactic of all we have to do yeah. is leak something to the media, whether it be true or not true, and the media will, you know. Yeah, and she, basically what she's admitting to is a character assassination. Th this is what they do uh, constantly. It's, it's confession through projection. She was actually explaining of, uh, she was trying to explain a way of something that, that happened to one of her Democratic counterparts. But she described very perfectly in detail what they did to Donald Trump. It, whereas, like we just we make up this thing, and uh, you know we leak it to the media. The media reports on it. Then we can jump on it as the legislative body and say, "Look, even the media is saying it." And then it just builds from there. Uh, like the Hunter laptop is a classic example of that. Yeah, I, I mean, but unfortunately, with the the Hunter laptop, you know, that was a real story. Yeah, there was, was a laptop. Right. There was yeah, in right. fact a laptop. Yeah. There, you know. A third party mm -hmm. did find this laptop. It was confirmed by the FBI that it was a laptop. And the laptop had really bad... Like, there was evidence of this. We don't have any evidence of Russell Brand's allegations. We have anonymous characters from 12 years ago. We didn't have a criminal... We now have a criminal investigation. Yeah. What I've seen here, though, is an absolute guilty before proven innocent 
Yeah. Uh, proven, they have uh, completely uh, murdered this guy's name or attempted to murder his name and only only because he spoke out against the media. This would not, it is so clear, it is clear as day that this would not have happened if he would not have spoke out against Big Pharma. Like I said, divine godlike timing here. The minute that his video gets 50 million views with all of the comments siding with him, it really is like a movie. It's like a Hunger Games movie where they were like, oh my gosh, the people are starting to agree with Russell Brand. We have to, we have to get rid of him. But instead of assassinating him, instead of killing him, what we'll do is we'll just absolutely bury this man um, in the dirt. And then simultaneously, you have Tim Ballard, who had one of the most controversial movies of the year, which is about protecting children, who comes out to say that he is running for Senate, for a Senate position. And again, all of the sexual allegations, um, not criminal, have come out. Um, and everybody starts to separate themselves. The church starts to separate themselves. The organization that he works for, you uh, separates himself. He steps down as the CEO, and I'm guessing that's just because you have to. If there was some kind of allegation and um, that happened with failure to stop, uh, you know, I, I I think I would like to think that I would take the Dave Portnoy stance, where I'm not going to resign and I'm not going to step down. Well, I'm just going to meet it head on. But right, that's that's kind of we spoke about this briefly, and you and I differ a little bit about this because I think that the cases are a lot different. I think Russell Brand is an actual character assassination i think that tim ballard is a situation where people were not comfortable with how far he was taking things as in and there's even notion that he's running he's choosing that seat to run just because just so when those allegations come out he can say ah see they're doing it just uh, just to assassinate my character, just like they did to Russell Brand, just like they did to Judge Kavanaugh. Um, that's that's what I'm. Getting I mean, I mean that would be some like I mean you, you know, there'd be some like next level planning for me. That's kind of like you know they came out, the media came out, and I think we can pull this story up at some point. Um, that they came out and said that the, this was a Russell Brand conspiracy theory, and that the only reason he went sober and he went political commentator is so that when these sexual allegations came out. That he could say, "Oh, well, they're only doing this because I'm speaking out against the government." Which, what you know, what what seems more like a conspiracy theory uh, that this guy wasn't a sexual deviant, or and, and that this guy was a political commentator and he made some real headwaves and they tried to assassinate his character, or that Russell Brand <laughs> made this huge plan to become a uh, social media commentator, a, a political commentator, and he went sober and everything, so that twelve years later, when they do come out with it, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel but, like that is the same excuse they did use for Russell Brand, and the media I, I came out and know, said that exact thing. I don't know what the church and the Underground Railroad would have would stand to gain by distancing themselves, other than there's merit to the complaint. Sure. I can get I I get what you're saying as far as that there is merit. I actually talked to somebody who worked on the under the uh, operation uh what is it? O U R. O U R. And and he says that he believes the allegations too and that he has a reason why he doesn't work for that company anymore and he said he'd love to talk to me about it. I'm um, in 45 minutes so I am guessing uh you know, I'm guessing there probably there might be something to these allegations. Uh but what I you know what I really think is interesting here, though, is that I don't think it's anything about the. I don't think it has anything to do with the victims. It's it's a pure political 
character assassination. So nobody cared about this when it was going on. Nobody cared about it. But it's only when you run for political seat that we care about it. You know, I, I feel like these victims should be should be heard way before. As I said the same thing about Russell Brand. These allegations could be true about Russell Brand. I mean, when you're having sex with thousands of people, I mean, that leaves a lot of room for error. Um, well, it, when you're it doing does, a lot of drugs, that that leaves a lot of room for error. But I, I feel that uh, that it only it, these things only come to light when the rich elites don't like what they're saying. All right. Well, l- let's break down the differences, though, because the, the the difference between these two cases are Russell Brand. You can voluntarily not listen to an elected official. You have no choice. You have to listen to an like if, if this guy is elected into office. He represents you, and you've got no choice. So I think that there may be a pool of victims, and I, I don't know anything more about the case maybe than you do. But I, think but, that I, mean, I also reached out to another female um, who says that uh, her experiences were nothing but professionalism and she was an yeah. operator. Um, I think there may be a pool of victims or a pool of people that were in the organization that knew what was going on, and they're comfortable with – Man, you got to do what you got to do to save those kids, the kids, the kids, the kids. We have the number one movie, and it's bringing a lot of um, uh, attention to the issue versus, okay, wait a minute. Now he's going to run the country? I, I, don't, I don't agree with his moral character to be in a legislative So what body. would you think would be the, the point of them going after and completely trying to silence guys like Alex Jones and Andrew Tate, as Maverick effect says in the, in the live chats here. Um, they have influence. Yeah. Well, exactly. And I think that that's kind of where I was going here is that I feel like there is an overt war to silence, to, to silence the truth, to silence the right. Um, and, and, and which is why probably for the first time in my life, I've been more boisterous about an elections, which is the reason why I do the show, which is the reason why I bring guys on like you and Anthony Ramondi and Deadleg to help me cipher through it because this is all these are all new to me. But if, I feel like really at these times I don't want to be on the wrong side of history. I don't want to look at my kids when they're 20 years old, 10 years from now and say like, man, I wish I would have done something. I wish I would have spoken up. I mean, I could see these things happening before me. I could see our first amendment being stripped away i can see that people i mean the fact that they're going after rumble right now that the uk okay so we started two weeks ago if you remember and and if this isn't proof enough but you know two weeks ago there was a letter that was released to all the media outlets and and when you're a media outlet you get these faxes of news that are these big bulletins everybody gets them may your podcast get them anybody that has a media um you know, that, that falls under quote unquote media usually gets wrapped up in these miles with drinking bros. I know drinking grows got these things. It's a little fax that comes in with all the big headlines and all the things to cover. Well, one went out last Friday. We covered it. We actually showed it on the show, but it said that they, they were encouraging all media outlets. They even said this to OAN, who is like one of the most, you know, I mean, I don't know. A lot of people would call it a far right news source, but it even went out to them uh, that, that there needs to be, that we need to put more um, uh, more pressure on on Republican, right? You know, I, yeah, yeah. what were the exact it, words, Ted? Like, scru- I can't remember what yeah, it was. It was, it was uh, heavily more scrutinized. Scrutiny. Yeah, more scrutiny. I, I didn't mean for that to pop up just now, but <clears throat> more scrutiny on what the uh, what they're asserting as their allegations in the impeachment uh, hearings. Like, um, in other words. It's when it came time for the Democrats to do their impeachment, they just stayed silent about it. And the White House just said, like, let's 
let's let the chips fall where they may. I think any White House in their right mind would say, hey, let's, uh, you know, like these allegations are false. Like you're going to see. However, they took it a step further and kind of like flex their muscle as a government body and said, hey, you need to really, really, really look into this stuff. Like like they don't need to really, really look into anything else. But this stuff is like for some reason not real or something. Um, Here, so, here's a question that I have. What specifically in the terms of service of YouTube did Russell Brand violate? Because that is what they pulled him off of YouTube because he, they don't want him on YouTube because he's Well, I think what they tried to pull in was basically unbecoming of an influencer. Uh, the, like that, ba- that basically product unbecoming. So what, what specifically did he say or do to get him removed? Because well, that's I guess what it would be like if he sexually assaulted somebody, that would be unbecoming. It would be like unbecoming of an officer. So then, so then YouTube's going to pull everybody that's ever had a sexual assault as banned from YouTube? Because well, if you're and, and apply and the I rules think that for was, one person, you got to apply them for everybody. And when you and get I agree amplified with you. I think pressure for one up. person, that's what they're doing. Is there you have all this amplified attention to one person for this one issue, where we can all agree? Yes, if this person is sexually assaulting people, this is bad. We can all agree that that is bad. But also at the same time, making allegations and then letting the media run with it and creating the narrative, and you have a verdict before charges are even brought up. Like they're sending letters to Rumble to pull him off of Rumble. What one Rumble did they? What did he say or do to get what terms of service? Because that's the risk that we run into, that Tim Pool runs into, that anybody else that runs into when we start talking about stuff that they don't want us to talk about because it doesn't fit the narrative. Well, the narrative they'll put it in the terms of service and make it so gray that they'll try to pull you off because of something in the terms of service. But those terms of service are something that are binding. That that's a legal document that we have to operate within. We can't go outside of it or we get pulled off. So what has he done on this platform that has got him removed? Because if you want to say the sexual assault, okay, give me 15 minutes. I'll bring you up 10, 20 verified accounts on YouTube that had multiple assault allegations, if not convictions. People are convicted. We talked about last night that there's someone's convicted of possibly in a quadruple murder walking free. So... If we're going to start and we're going to lay the hard line on YouTube that, hey, this this is where we're drawing the line in the sand that we don't like any this. If you do this off the platform, we're going to pull you off, too. That's that's when we start running into this really scary stuff that we're we're talking about that extends out to, OK, they're going after Russell Brand today. Who is it tomorrow? Is yeah, it Tim Pool? you know, Tim Pool brings that up. I saw somebody else, Maverick Effect, said that Tim Pool, and uh, we were just up at Tim Pool's compound last week. It was awesome. But you know, I, I've heard Tim Pool talk a lot about uh, when is when is when is he going to be on the chopping block? You know, they got rid of Project Veritas. They destroyed Project Veritas for literally reporting on news for doing actual real journalism. And and I love it when people call it far right journalism. But I mean, I, you don't see the far left, you know, trying to infiltrate the far right and coming up with the same kind of sources. Uh, I feel. I see you have a graph there. What is that about, Drew? This is exactly what you're saying. It supports everything that you're saying. This this came out this week. It's a Pew Research study that that talks about um, quote misinformation online. It says Democrats have become more supportive than Republicans of the government restricting false information online. Like who decides what's false information to begin with? But <clears throat> if you look. Those that in, in it's years 18, 21, and 23 for, for the three lines, right? 
So those that are Republican or lean Republican, 37 percent, 28 and 39 percent respectively, say the U.S. government should take steps to restrict false information online, even if it limits freedom of speech. That's the Republican side. The Democrat side says 40, 65 percent and 70 percent say that the U.S. government should take steps to restrict false information online, even if it limits freedom of speech. So, or freedom of information, actually. Um, and it says uh, the freedom of information should be protected, so the opposite, and it's decreased, it's, it's maintained on the Republican side, essentially it was higher in 21 than it was in 23. It has significantly decreased on the Democrat side. So the Democrats now, from 18 to 21 and 21 to 23, don't think that freedom of information should be protected, even if it means false information can be published, and that's 28% of the – so that's over one in four Democrats, right? I mean, it's – the sample size is significant enough. So one in four Democrats are saying, yeah, and, and what they're going to say is false information is anything that the conservatives say, anything that the right says, you know, and, and that's ridiculous. You, you, how can you restrict speech like that that's – if it's not harmful, there is a time, place, and manner, you know, um, restriction on free speech. You know, this is the you can't yell fire in a crowded movie theater. But beyond that, what what are we doing here? The the the, the Constitution is pretty pretty easy to to interpret it. Like it's it's a it's an inalienable right. It's a God given right, freedom of speech. You can well, say, say whatever you want to say. They say it's going to get you know you know it's getting wild when. Everything is far right. You you can't listen to anything yeah. without that. I mean, they call, they consider Tim Pool to be far right. They consider um, just about a, anybody that opposes Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. I, I've seen uh, uh, tweets and things about calling Joe Rogan. Hey, Joe Rogan's gone way too far right. Uh, it's like okay, so if you're just conservative, if you're not voting for Joe Biden, are you far right? Is that sure. is that what we're going with here? Yeah. If you vote for American, you're far right at this point. You know, I had somebody come into my distillery. I've said this, uh, you know, I, I've told this story before, but um, one of the first thing that they said was that, wow, this is very intimidating seeing that large American flag in here. What's intimidating about having a large American flag in a, in a veteran owned and operated distillery? It makes so no sense to me. Also, last week we had a, a live musician in, it was a female and she had blue hair and, um, and, and and she kind of shamed me for having five kids. She was saying that, oh, I see what you're doing. Oh, okay, I see. You guys are making a lifestyle out of it. Okay, no, I see what you're doing. You probably like country music too. And I was like, what? what? She's like, well, I saw your mullet. So I get it. A lot of kids, country music. I see what you're doing. I see your lifestyle. And I was like, she also apologized to my entire bar for saying the word idiot. She's also the only person at the bar that ever mentioned the name Trump. Everybody was hanging out, watching Bob Ross, having a couple of drinks. She brought the name Trump up. It's like these left-wing nuts, they're obsessed, dude. They're obsessed with anything that is, you know, how can be having five beautiful kids be seen in a negative light? I've never witnessed negativity in my bar. Matter of fact, one of our patrons, one of our our, uh, our regulars had had enough and went and put on like some like super offensive music and was just, you know, being over the top to try to kick somebody, you know, because they wanted this girl to leave. But, you know, never once in our on our bar have we had any problems. We have black people in our bar. We have uh, we have black comedy nights we've had uh reggae shows we've had 
tons of gay people in there. Um, you, you, I, I, you know, it's it's always been this, you know, kind of like a a roof for the outcasts of people. Anyway, we have poker groups that come in there. We have art groups that come in there. We have magic gatherings that go on in there and Dungeons and Dragons. And, you know, we have punk bands and we have reggae shows and we have bluegrass shows. I mean, we've literally covered Jeep days. I mean, it's literally a sanctuary for anyone to have a good time. It's non-political. There's a lot of Bob Ross. There's a lot of, you know, beachy artifacts hanging on the wall. It's like a rum bar. It's so much fun. But only when you have a blue-haired leftist liberal come in does the whole bar become all about them. It becomes about their politics. It's not about having a good time. It's not about drinking rum. It's not, you know, it's a, all it is is about shaming folks and shaming yeah. myself in front of my own patrons. And I would never do that to a leftist. Everyone has a sinister motive. You know, it, it's just that this is the problem. Like, you know, Adam Carolla, I've said it before on the show, but Adam Carolla says all the time that, like, what a time to be alive because you, you can be an actual racist because everybody gets called a racist. So you might as well just be an actual racist, right? Like, you're just going to get lumped in with some actually pretty nice people. Um, but it, it's just like, it, it's the arrogance. To say, like, only I can determine that you're a racist, and therefore I'm going to label you as such. You know, yeah. like, give me a break. Like, you think that I don't know, or you, you think that, you know, especially in our profession, you think that me, I, as a law enforcement officer, can't uh, differentiate the, the difference between um, police brutality and overt racism? Like, do you think that you're the foremost authority on this, you know, topic that there's only there's only one explanation for this? It's that you're beating down black people. But there's a few other explanations for it. It's got nothing to do with the color of their skin. It's got the it has to do with the the interaction that's taking place. And it doesn't matter if they're black or they're white or whatever. Um, you know, it, it just this this is maybe this is going to sound controversial, but I'm probably running a 110 degree fever right now but did you see the footage from philadelphia for god's sakes and i like that was a bunch of animals out there and i am calling those people that were out there animals if the shoe fits wear it it's got nothing to do with the what color happened in philadelphia skin. it's got nothing to do with anything else oh my god there's looting riots taking place the cops are being overrun they took a very i don't know like a a section of town with a lot of shops in it and they're just tearing <laughs> it up right now just looting and and breaking windows and break and and of course they're live streaming it on tiktok or live streaming it on instagram and they're just having such a good time with it ah ha 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 having a having a great time just everybody's laughing and and i, I don't care what color your skin is that's animalistic behavior that's oh that's an yeah, yeah yeah i i mean like i mean that's what they want to see they want to see the peasants acting like peasants um so that they can come in and govern them even more harder and put more restrictions and curfews and government restrictions you don't see this shit happening out here though in a small town try that in a small town as they say listen <laughs> it's shit like what drew just said that's got us Back in the shadow band arena in the last two weeks. Um, haven't seen this one in a hot minute. We went from being uh, 
almost top 200 on the on the iTunes charts. We did break into the top 200 on the iTunes charts, and then uh, we were trending all the way to uh, 23, the top 23 spot on Chartable. We've now fallen all the way back in a week over uh, to 223rd spot. Also, we went from uh, 400 followers in a month um, on Instagram down to we haven't had a single follower in two weeks on Instagram, which I find that very funny. And then we went from 100 a week on YouTube to now being stagnant at about 10 a week. So not exactly sure... um, Not exactly sure what's going on, but everything in the last two weeks has stopped for us growth wise. Also, we haven't had a rating and review in two weeks, which we have 18, almost 1800 ratings and reviews. Um, Do the math. We get ratings and reviews all the time. Whether they're good or bad, we've gotten zero, zero in two weeks, which is which is not like it. So um, kind of the way to combat this and a couple other social media guys are doing this, too, is you need to like if you really want to support free speech, we're not asking you for money. Um, However, if you join our Patreon for extra account, it does help keep the show afloat. Supporting our sponsors, Ghostbed, Factor Meals. Uh, officer privacy that keeps us going we don't have an ad agency anymore after we left the major network we have no ad agency so that we can we can go out and find our own advertisers and do everything on our own so that we can say whatever we want we don't have to have the problem we had a year ago um, when they tried to cancel us uh, when, because they didn't like our pro police our pro uvaldi take so uh, but what you can do to help us that's free is leave a comment and i'm not talking about in the live chats on the youtubes but physically commenting on YouTube, you can comment something that that uh, elicits an answer, maybe like a question, so that maybe one or two people will answer your question. You can be even; it can be easier than that. You can just throw some emojis up there, whatever it is. But if you guys will help, give us some comments on our Instagram. Um, if you'll leave some comments on on here and rating and review on podcast, that'll kind of manually break. I don't know, you know, I, I know that shadow banning is real. When I was with Mike the Cop and they demonetized us for five months and Mike the Cop lost somewhere around $15,000, you know, that's insanity. I don't know that that's happening right this second because we haven't been demonetized or anything like that. But I do think it's odd that in two weeks, after, like I said, going from 400 followers a month on Instagram, we don't pay for followers. We don't we don't pay to boost things uh, or, or do any of that that kind of things we don't follow for follow we don't play any of the games and we were getting about we were getting about 400 uh followers a month and then we've got zero in two weeks zero we got 1800 almost 1800 ratings and review and now we're down to zero it makes no sense so what you can do to help us break this is just simply share us um, share us with your friends. Okay, now let's go ahead, Drew. Go ahead and pull up the the video now. Yeah, of Philadelphia. I, got some video really for I, I just want to that scared to what you're the shit out of me. By the way, scared the, the shit. There's out of me. um, th- th- there is uh, there are there are fr- uh, several other cop related or police related or law enforcement related channels like ours or um, Instagram accounts or whatever, and we're all having the same issue it's it's I, I don't think it's a matter of content or putting out what we put out we, we try to give you the best that we can you know that we can and i think those other people are working very hard to try to do the same thing and i think that there's a lot of quality content out there there's a lot of truth out there uh but it just seems kind of odd and I, i'm not one to complain i'm just one to work sure. i'm not saying eric's complaining i'm just i i i make that i turn that into fuel like if if you tell me no that that pretty much means 
okay, <laughs> you fucked up because now I'm going to work in overdrive. But <laughs> the thing is, um, I, I, I don't think we're the only ones. I really think that with the, the election year coming up that, they're doing everything they can. Be. And here's the offer. Here's the evidence that I offer. I was talking to Eric about this yesterday to try to explain some of it away. Um, I'm a YouTube like follower now. Like I watch YouTube constantly. It's kind of like my job almost. So I watch a lot of YouTube during the day. I don't watch really that much TV anymore. I just watch YouTube on my TV. And all of the f- stuff that I'm being... Um, uh, suggested from YouTube is all cops being arrested, cops being corrupt, cop interview, cop breaks down during interview before being arrested, cop audit, corrupt city council uh, sides with police chief. And it's usually these auditors that, and they have like 65,000 followers and 200 million views on each of their fucking videos. So everybody tends to believe them or whatever. And I could pick them apart in 10 seconds. Like, yeah, okay, well you just overinflated that. You're lying about that. Um, so I, I really don't think, I, I really think it's political climate. I, I think that it is big tech working kind of hard against us. This is this is what they're not focusing on. Dead, can you put this on the screen or do I have to do it? Oh, thank you. This is the Apple Store. Oh All my right. God! What? So I wonder what is she even saying? What? Is, what? Blah, 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 got one. Got one. I, I. I think. I think they've made a game of it. Like, um, I didn't mean for that to start up again. I think they've made a game of it where you can, where once you hit a store, like you get to proclaim that you've hit that store. There's a few uh, examples just like that. There's, um, like they hit a Lululemon. They hit a. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of what the other stores are. But it's different people actually narrating it. It's not the same people. And they're doing the same thing. It's a celebration out there. It's it's in the streets. And there's one where the cops are in a very – they're in a tussle. I mean, they're in a war. They're throwing people around. They're being thrown around. And, and people are jumping on their backs. And it's just mayhem. And this is a, a you know dare I say it a Democrat run city called Philadelphia the P uh, the the DA there is a guy named Larry Krasner, Democrat and uh, he's a Soros Democrat and he's um, he, he uh, put put forward the the Soros uh, mentality and policy and this is where we are I, I think that they're going to spend more time in that DA's office trying to figure out how to not charge these people. Uh, than they are just trying to establish uh, law and order in the in the city again, and that's what the majority of the people there, the taxpayers, deserve—just some law and order. What's what's so hard about that? 
<laughs> uh, it, yeah, blows my mind what's going on over uh, what's just going on across country. But I, I've said it a million times, Drew, that uh, that this is all for that this is all for a purpose, and that purpose is federalized policing. They want feds to be in charge of everything. They want federal programs. Fed, uh, it's all. It, this is all part of the design plan. I, the Tanstradamus prediction was put into place oh, two years ago. Go back and watch any of my shows. I've said that they have to create anarchy and they have to create chaos so that the government, big daddy government can come in and save everybody and, and and then that's exactly what we're seeing here now but one thing i never thought i would see in, in my lifetime in one week in one week we have a nazi a real life ss nazi soldier <laughs> with a standing ovation in front of like a parliamentary house in canada uh in front of everybody americans the uk so all perfect. sorts of people and everybody given this man, and then in the same week, Anne Frank's diary uh, taken off of reading list because it has pornographic material in it. We're going to get to both of these stories. Uh, do we have a pull up of the uh, the Canadian? Uh, Josh, I'm not sure if, if you have it or not, but do we have anything on the Canadian? No, uh, we don't. Well, I'll, I'll bring up the article um, here if you guys don't know. Uh, in Canada, let's see here. Let's. Uh, I'm sorry. This Essentially, was supposed- uh, Prime Minister Trudeau was addressing Parliament, and uh, there's a Speaker of the House here that brought forward this 90-something-year-old man from Ukraine, and I think they had Vladimir Zelensky in there. So there, yeah, were, Zelensky was in there. Yeah, they, they um, and this guy kissing. was a 98-year-old war hero, and they he fought in Ukraine's independence during World War II. Yeah, Poland has already just, asked. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, Poland has already asked, sent letters to Canada to try to get him extradited so they can try him for the war crimes that happened during World War II when he was an SS soldier. That's that's going on at the same time. Yahtzee. There's no way they hand that guy over. No fucking way. There's no No, way. He made it this far. Yoshilov Unka wiped away (laughs) tears on receiving the rousing recognition from the Canadian House of Commons on Friday. He was singled out by Speaker Anthony Rhoda, who called him a hero following a speech by the visiting Ukraine leader, who in turn raised a fist uh, during the applause. But Rhoda apologized Sunday after he said he subsequently became aware of more information about Unka's past. The Ukrainian non-agenarian non-agenarian, I don't know what that means, uh, did fight the Soviet Union, but as a part of the 14th Wolfengreiner Division of the SS, a Nazi military unit whose crimes against humanity during the Holocaust are well-documented, according to the Friends of Simon Westchall Center, a Canadian human rights group promoting awareness about the Holocaust and fighting anti-Semitism. This is coming from NBC News, by the way. Um, the good grief, how embarrassing. I mean, they, it was just so perfect the way they were stroking this guy. And it was just that, that totally sing songy, virtue signaling tone like he is a resident of North Bay, Ontario, you know, or wherever he's from. Like they're just talking about how he's a Canadian now and he was a Ukrainian and blah, blah, blah. And they're just like making him out to be this incredible hero. And they could not stop applauding for this fucking guy. Yeah, but like, and who then, didn't? Whose job was it to make sure that this dude was not a Nazi before they? Can you run a criminal history on the guy first? That's all. You I'm know, 
<laughs> that seems like that's got to be somebody's job. Like that would be like Josh Deadlegs. Like yo, Deadleg, we got a guest coming on. Like I feel like Deadleg pretty much would let me know if this dude was a Nazi. Like yeah, that was my. I got an email here from uh, the Prime Minister. I'm supposed to vet this guy. That was my bad side. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry, guys. That's my Get bad. The ball. I'll <laughs> take the L for that one. Dropski on that one. Yeah, you're Move you're on. suspended. With pay until tomorrow night at 8 p.m. when Com Center comes on. So, so that that Speaker of the House, um, by the way, uh, resigned yesterday. Oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure. You know, you kind of have to at that point. Uh, one of the nebulous justifications given by Russian President Vladimir Putin for being his former Soviet is that he wants to denazify Ukraine, which he says is being run by neo Nazis embedded by the West. Well, shit. There's a little bit of fuel to your fire there, Putin. Damn, dude. Oh, that is embarrassing. But here's the thing. It's crazy. Is that NBC News actually put that in the article, even though the NBC put that at the very bottom? Like there is a very hard turn um, by the media in support of Ukraine. And I was shocked when I saw this 60 Minutes Ukraine thing. Did you see this? No, I didn't see it. I, I, I heard you talk about it, but I didn't Oh, see my it. gosh. So 60 minutes, right? You know, re- remember when we were all chastised. Anybody that questioned the war on Ukraine was met with hostile, treason-like uh, rhetoric. You're a, you know, you're a Russian yeah. lover. You're a Putin sympathizer. You know, yeah. couldn't question any of it. <clears throat> and now <clears throat> coming out on, you know, on, on mainstream media on 60 minutes is an entire episode dedicated to where our money is going and it shows it paints this picture of ukraine as this like thriving metropolis that small businesses have been completely bailed out that that our tax dollars are going to seeding grass all around that they're paying uh, law enforcement officers and first responders um that they're training dogs searching cadaver dogs but it, t- it paints this like almost like utopian style picture, not like a war. You know, when I think of Ukraine, I think of uh, Lion King when everything was black and gray, you know, and the hyenas are taking over. <laughs> Much how I kind of see America right now, you know, unfortunately, I really do. Uh, you know, I hate to say this, but in the, the, the Trump regime, as some people would like to call it, I, I the grass was fucking greener. Was it not? Like, I, I feel like the air was fresher. You know, it's, it's kind of funny that you say that, Eric, because... I, I went uh, a couple summers ago. Uh, I was in a relationship with somebody, and we went on a, a cruise to the Baltic capitals. And one of the we we spent two days in Saint Petersburg in Russia. Yeah. Um, you know, we sight sight saw for for two days, but it was very controlled. Like you know, there was somebody that was approved by the government to take us around and and all this other stuff. But um, growing up as a Cold War kid, and I know I'm a little advanced in the age. Uh, uh, of you guys and maybe most of the people watching, but I was a cold war kid. I was always told how horrible Russia is and how like how black and white it is. And, you know, uh, there are even TV commercials that just portrayed them to be just like this literally, like you don't know how they lived in color. You think that they just lived in black and white and everything was dreary and everything was controlled by the government and everything. And then when I got there, it was just surreal. It was like completely, surreal like st petersburg was vibrant and it was very colorful and it was full of life and a lot of alive people that were just maybe didn't agree with their government but they they definitely were just human beings just like like we were and um i kind of saw it that way and um it's just funny how 
propaganda or the government can control your mind that way. Because I'm telling you, that's how I, I've got great photos from from my time in St. Petersburg. They were the the picture of opulence. So like all of their um, uh, palaces were adorned in gold, and you know I think that's where gold on the ceiling comes from. Uh, maybe that's from Saddam Hussein. Who knows? But uh, but it, it's just it, it was a it, I, I won't call it a beautiful city. It's just a very different experience from what I had. But but. Um, it, when you compare it and contrast it with what I believed it was when I was in uh, junior high school and high school, yeah, uh, high school John Wayne Bobbitt, by the way, true story. <laughs> uh, when you can, can uh, compare it and contrast it, um, it's just it's like a totally different place. So I, I am quite sure that Ukraine is the exact same way. And then, of course, the only thing that we see on the news right now are the war torn areas, the the destroyed you know, schools with nothing but children or the the children's ward at the hospital being blown up by the Russians. And, you know, that's all we're doing is just, you know, getting hammered in our heads that that's what's going on there. But when you see actually what's there, different story. Yeah, I, uh, for me, I was shocked to see 60 Minutes paint the picture of Ukraine that they, they painted. It shows a a different swing in the pendulum, right? The pendulum's going the opposite direction now. Whereas a year ago, uh, 60 Minutes, you know, would have been painting a much different picture of Ukraine. And it's actually, it's as if that pendulum has swung. I don't know why uh, the pendulum is swinging against Ukraine. Maybe it's because 70 billion is just unreasonable. Maybe, maybe $70 billion when, when they, when they made Trump the laughing stock of the world for wanting to, to build a $50 billion, uh, a $50 billion wall to protect our borders. Um, and that was audacious and that was unreasonable, but now we've spent $70 billion on a war effort in Ukraine, but not only not just the war effort, but on maintaining a stable kind of democracy to the whole thing. I don't remember us spending that kind of money. Nobody seeded Afghanistan. I'll tell you right now, it didn't happen. Um, yeah. I can tell you, I didn't see any of this kind of thing going on in, in Afghanistan and the Afghanistan war. This is a much different war uh, than I've ever seen before. And I think people are starting to question it. And I think they have reason to. And I think it's funny that at the beginning, those same people were called conspiracy theories and called all sorts of names. And again, just like COVID, oh, Jesus, we're all right now, you know. Uh, strange times. I'd like to see like how, where, where this goes. I wish I knew where, where this was playing out because it, obviously the propaganda media is doing it for a reason. Um, but why? Are they trying? Are they realizing that what's going on in Ukraine's not working? And we got to start start changing the people's minds on how they feel about Ukraine? I, I, I don't know. What, what do you guys think is, what's the purpose? Of I've, I've got an idea. If my son was on the board of a company that had a lot to do with things in that country and we could just send billions and billions of dollars to that country. And then while we're doing that, we'll put legislature in there to make sure that there's no accountability for any of it. We're not going to question where it goes. We're not going to question what it goes to. We're not going to question what it pays for. At the same time, while we're spending billions and billions of dollars of your tax dollars, we're going to do all of this. At the same time, we're talking about the possibility of another government shutdown because we don't have a budget that we can't fix. But we've already made sure that funding for Ukraine will constantly happen regardless if our government shuts down. So if our entirety of our government, your tax dollars are going to this government and it's going to shut down, but instead of working and doing what it's supposed to be doing, they're going to take that money and send it someplace else. I'm not going to go ahead. I'm not going to be a conspiracy theorist or anything like that, but I'm just going to go ahead and say, 
you're not going to send billions and billions of dollars at it over there. And some of it isn't getting kicked back to people over here. People that are going to be pushing this. You want to know what, look what companies, what companies have got their stock, all these companies in uh, Northrop Grumman and Halliburton and all these uh, that, that have all these military equipment. They're building up for something. They're putting all this investment into something. They think that something's going to happen. And it's all of your money. So instead of our money, American money, taking care of Americans, we've done everything but take care of Americans. And we've sent every bit of it overseas. We're saying that FEMA's broke, so we can't help Hawaii. We can't help the people in Palestine, Hawaii, Ohio. you got the border crossings. We've got all these American issues that we can take care of, all the looting, all of the, the gas prices, everything that's going on in America. And instead of doing that, we're going to shut America down and send everything to Ukraine. Yeah, it, um, <laughs> I, I couldn't have spoke it better myself, uh, mainly because I'm a C student and you're a lot smarter than I am. But um, a lot of people out here saying that you're spitting absolute truths. Uh, Bosco Autry in the chats today says that uh, he just lost a friend. Our thoughts and prayers, T-H-O-U-G-H-T-S, and prayers out uh, to you. Um, all right, going on to California, uh, finding schools that ban textbooks on race or LGBTQ plus topics. This is a misleading article. Um, the books that are being banned that have to do with LGBTQ plus or race uh, are specifically banned because of, uh, you know, pr pretty unreasonable sexual uh, commentary, sexual writings. Um, and so because of that, we've now lumped in Anne Frank because Anne Frank mentions her genitalia in the diary of Anne Frank. And so now Anne Frank is being banned in Texas, uh, or at least the, un <coughs> the unedited version of, uh, Anne Frank is, is being banned in Texas. And I'm not sure if that's from a far right winger, um, or a far left winger, but obviously the far left is now going after these, these bannings of books and LGBTQ plus. And, and I think here, uh, with this is the public school system has lost so much credibility at almost to the point where the police department has lost all credibility because the command staff has been so unreasonable and so obsessed with getting their names on policies. It doesn't matter how ridiculous the policy is as long as they can get their name on the policy. And now the schools have just more policies. I, I talked to a teacher yesterday and they said, it's, it's almost ridiculous that you almost kind of count the days you have to have a union now to be a school teacher because, because not that you're being, paid unfair because you've always been paid unfairly but you have to have a union right now because the kids have complete and total control and if the kids don't like you they can drum up whatever story about you that they want and almost immediately the school will remove you or suspend you uh the 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 students have become the mob much like the mob of children you saw in philadelphia what is you guys' takes on the bannings of these books in california finding schools that attempt to ban these certain books I think banning books is a is a very misleading statement. It's it's like Black Lives Matter, like it's not true. That's not exactly what this the crux of this is. Uh, of course, Black Lives Matter, and and if you if you disagree with quote Black Lives Matter the organization, then obviously you disagree that Black Lives Matter, and that's not true. So they're they're able to call this a book ban when in actuality it is it is more selective of of what you're putting in age-appropriate material. We have that in movies. We have that in video games. We have that everywhere else. But when it comes to, for some reason, when it comes to books, we call it banning because we don't want to offend the drag queen who might sit down and read a book or 
Uh, we don't want to offend uh, the 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 gender. Uh, well, look, if you want to really get into this whole thing, there's a, uh, an association that produces or sanctions or governs, I guess, the librarians of the of the U.S. It's called the American Libraries Association or something like that. Maybe that that, that may not be the exact. And the the leader, the the head of the organization, is a, a I believe a Marxist. And she is the one that's kind of pushing this whole agenda of uh, queer theory, gender theory, and all this other stuff. And all of the all the librarians are just like, yeah, what what you're tr so if if a parent brings forward a book to a school board and says that there's you know X, Y, and Z in here that I don't think is age appropriate, they all just gather together and say, well, they're just trying to ban books. But that's not true. And I, I almost think that this Anne Frank thing is like a countermeasure. Like, okay, well, you're going to ban Anne right. Frank then because she talks about a vagina. No, but she's not talking about keeping a secret sex change operation from her parents. And she's not, you know what I mean? She's not talking about blowjobs and fellatio. You know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, she's a 13 year old you know, girl talking about. How does a baby come out trapped. of this thing? Yeah, she, she's, she's hiding from Nazis. She's trapped in a fucking uh, attic writing, uh, writing her fears. Having a her period for her first time with no tampons. Yeah, because right. They've, so, they've the, because they've spent so much time on this, I'm just going to ahead and assume that the school district has outstanding <clears throat> scores for academics, for mathematics and reading and, and science and all those other things that are going to be important in life. I'm going to just go ahead and assume that those are taken care of and those are outstanding students. Because if you go back and you start looking at these schools, they are failing miserably at everything. These are you're gonna you're putting these kids out, and they're gonna go out in life, and they're gonna think that everything about life is about sexuality. Well, no, you got to be able to put a plant in the ground and be able to grow it to get some food. Now you know have to know how to cook it to be able to eat it. You know have to know how to to, to kill the cow to be able to get the the meat and stuff from. There's stuff that that we have to teach. They're just they're just completely looking over it and saying, hey, what's more important if you're coloring in the lines or finding out if you can keep a blowjob from your mom and dad? Like, <laughs> right. These, um, these I'm going to read this really quick. This is a, this is coming from, let's see, this is coming from NPR, California. Governor Gavin Newsom signed a bill into law Monday prohibiting school boards across the state from banning books, instructional materials, or uh, curricula categorized as inclusive or diverse under the new law, which went into effect immediately after its signing, the state can find schools that would block textbooks and library books that allow students to learn about diverse communities. The bill forming known as AB 1078 also authorizes Tony Thurman, state superintendent of public instruction to purchase instructional materials for school districts, regain costs from the purchases and determine whether to find school boards if they do not abide by the state's updated instructional standards. Uh, reason number 536 to go ahead and get your kids out of the fuck, fucking public school systems. Uh, it's, it's absolutely getting ridiculous. I don't know how anybody puts up with California and Governor Newsom. Did you hear uh, that I he's doing the new government, the, the, the new debates? Yeah, he's doing a debate against DeSantis. Yeah. Um, I, I think also, though, that he does everything that Ron DeSantis does, but in the opposite. So yeah. if, the, if Ron DeSantis does a kind of a, a bill that, that limits pornographic material in schools, he calls it a book ban and, and puts, you know, make sure that somebody in the legislature puts forth the bill to make sure that they get to see 
all of it, whether it's harmful to kids or not. Because let, let, let me just get my Gavin Newsom stuff off of my chest here. Gavin Newsom pushed that vaccine and the boosters and the boosters and got on TV and did his boosters and his boosters and his boosters. He was supposed to go to a um, a, a forum of some type. Maybe it was the World Economic Forum or something. He was supposed to represent the state of California at this forum. And he wasn't able to go. So the rumor with all of his staffers, in fact, there was a, t- a tweet, then a deleted tweet, th- that he had Bell's palsy. So that was associated with some type of um, reaction to the booster. And he got it like right after he got this booster. So the governor of the you know, second largest state in the union goes underground. You can't find him. He's supposed to be at this conference. He's not there. And then at the end of it, at the end of the week or whatever, he emerges and he says, he says, look, uh, everyone, I just wanted to spend um, Halloween at home with my kids. And uh, the reason I didn't make any appearances because uh, I didn't think it was right. I should have been at that conference. And I just wanted to, you know, who better to have time, spend time with than your family? He was hiding the fact that his face was drooped like everybody was doing. And he's pushing and pushing and pushing this vaccine and booster, vaccine and booster. And he's, his face was – so he's hiding, right? Well, he didn't learn his lesson. Like, because a week later, he made that – he signed that into law where it was mandatory. That, that particular vaccine was mandatory for schools. So this thing that almost – that erect, you know that harmed him in some way that he was not man enough to share with the public that actually occurred um, is something that he's willing to subject children to and 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 if you look you know the, even the CDC's there's a cool stat somewhere the CDC put out uh, I don't even think they realized they did it the number of COVID deaths were like between one and five the number of adverse reactions from that that liquid was like two, uh, you know, 20,000 to 40,000. So <laughs> the thing that's supposed to save you from the thing that's not killing anybody is actually more harmful than the thing itself. <clears throat> Man, talking like that you makes you sound like a real conspiracy theorist, uh, Drew. Yeah. I thought you said that I you am. weren't into conspiracy theories, uh, <laughs> but spinning facts like that is going to get you branded right there. Uh, with with all the other conspiracy theories. Uh, this has come from The Guardian. Uh, Gail Horalak. Uh, you know, go ahead and remember that name. Gail Horalak. H-O-R-A-L-E-K. Now, I don't know who Gail Horalak is. All I know is that, according to The Guardian, she's the mother of a seventh grade child in Michigan in the United States and has made international headlines by complaining that the unabridged version of Anne Frank's diary is pornographic and should not be taught in her daughter's school. At issue for Horalek is a section uh, detailing Anne Frank's exploration of her own genitalia. Now, listen, um, I I read it. I went back and read this and, um, and, and basically paraphrasing it because I've I've lost my, my section here is uh, here, here it is right here. This is what she says. This is what Anne Frank says in her diary. The unabridged, this is, uh, this is what she wrote about her own vagina. She says, there are little folds of skin all over the place. You can hardly find it. The little hole underneath is so terribly small that I simply can't imagine how a man can get in there, let alone how a baby can get out. And now listen, she wrote this at 13 years old. I don't know if there's a 13-year-old in existence that hasn't had that exact fucking thought. Um. Yeah, I mean, I mean, shit, I'm a, my 10-year-old sons are, I, I'm sure they're like, 
How, do, how does a baby come out of a belly button? You know what I'm saying? Like they're, the they're only ten. Um, like, do, do we not encourage? By the way, like okay, a child or or, or not a child, somebody that's in development, exploring their own body and having questions is probably <laughs> appropriate. Somebody that's in development, wanting to explore their fucking neighbor Cindy's body <laughs> and describe her clitoris in detail. That's fucking different. That's they're, they're way different, and I don't think that Anne Frank was like doing this for pornographic purposes. She's like fucking trying to. She just saw the moon for the first time. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what the fuck. So luckily, Horlack, according to the Guardian, predictably has been left out of town. Even commentators on the conservative Fox Detroit Facebook page, uh, where the story broke last week, are uh, disparaging. They say things like "laugh my ass off." People get mad about the stupidest shit. It's history. Maybe we should let our kids really know what happened at Thanksgiving too. Um, you know, I, like I don't know that anybody on the left or the right agrees with this. Horlack is, of course, wrong to call the passages pornographic. Pornography is material intended to arouse sexual excitement, excitement, and uh, and very much doubt that was Anne Frank's intention when she wrote her imaginary uh, confidant Kitty about her journeys of self discovery. Um, you know, I. But the reasons Horlack gives for complaining in the first place is that the passages made her daughter uncomfortable. Oh, Jesus, this kid's fucked. That kid have- <laughs> is so fucked. Uh, you want to talk about anxieties and issues? Parental illness is what causes shit like this, um, and that child is going to suffer greatly from all of these things because her mom is a fucking train wreck. Uh, Michael I- Hendricks says, how did Anne Frank end? They were captured and died in the camp. <laughs> it's pretty sad. It's a pretty terrible book. I don't um, have kids, so you guys would be able to speak on it a little bit better than I would, but if you find a book or find something that your kid's reading and you don't agree with it and you don't like it, take it away from them. Be the goddamn parent. You don't need the government to come tell you there's a law that you can't do this. Just take the damn thing away and tell them, no, you can't do this. And if they try to do it again, put them in the corner. You're the parent. You're in yeah, charge. They're the child. Well, that, I, that's you know, that's why well I love... Good. That's all well and good until they're in the school library and you're not there. What are that's you going to do too. at that point? That's true too. And, 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 if and it's available there was to a picture. The school library. There was a picture on that article that that showed a library uh, display, and the book says like I'm queer and that's okay with a big rainbow on it, and then two other, three other rainbow books. I mean. I, I why I mean there's so many other things on a month to month basis that are so much more important than gay people. You know, why aren't we learning about that? I mean, fuck the Roman Empire is more important than 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 learning about gay struggles. I mean, there are more life lessons in the Roman Empire or the Egyptians and how they built the pyramids or the Indians and the Trail of Tears and learning from that. And I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Um, the history of a Hakka is more important than the history of gay rights, in my opinion, um, for a child that age. David and Goliath's ty- style stories, um, stories about uh, Muhammad and and all those things. You know, I, I, a thousand. I can think of a thousand other topics. Um, you know, why do we need a, a display of of homosexual history in a children's library? It, it's it's all very absurd. It's all very unreasonable, and, uh, and and I can see why parents are upset. But you know, I can also see why there's a record number of families fleeing to to homeschooling. Uh, me personally, I, I, I 
if anybody out there wants to homeschool, DM me. I will motivate the shit out of you. I'll tell you how to get started in it. Um, I, I absolutely love it and, and, and think it's, you know, if you can do it, if you can make it happen, you should do it, you know, especially now, nowadays, the schools are just getting too out of control. And, uh, and I think there's more side effects from public school than there are good effects from, from, from public school these days. I mean, if I, I, you know, I would work six jobs to put my kid in a private school of my choosing if I couldn't homeschool. But that's just me. I don't know. I don't know. You know, I, I guess some people can handle it. I don't know how, though. I, my my brother's a, a teacher in public schools, and, and he talks to me. He vents to me two or three times a, a week, and I, I just, I it, it blows my mind. I don't remember school being like that when I was a kid. I don't either. I don't remember those kinds of problems. Um. It's, it's very strange to me. Uh, but yeah, a lot of topics that we covered through today. Uh, listen, here's some good news for those of you who are just tuning in. Uh, October 27th, 26th and 27th. That's the Thursday and Friday in October. Ken Shamrock, the UFC legend, the WCW legend. Um, they are having Valor with a V, Valor, bare knuckle fight event in Jacksonville, Florida. We are doing a meetup. Um, looks like this meetup is going to happen at Island Girl Cigar Bar. We'll have more information this afternoon. It is for first responders and supporters of first responders um, for a private meetup with Ken Shamrock. Um, and then all of us, uh, the Failure Stop crew, a lot of us will be going to the fight. Um, I think there's a couple people flying in town for that. I know uh, Drew Breezy will be there with, with myself. Um, and we'll be going to this bare knuckle fight. But if you want to do a private meetup at Island Girl Cigar Bar in Jacksonville, Florida and Ponte Vedra, Florida, uh, that's tentatively exactly where it's going to be. We'll know more about this um, for Friday's show. But I did get off the phone with Ken, uh, with, with, um, Ken Shamrock's people, his publicist. And he says it's definitely a go, just getting the times uh, situated. But it, it's pretty much set in stone at this point that it will be at Island Girl Cigar Bar. We're just trying to figure out the date and the time. And that is going to be October 17th. And, I mean, I'm sorry, the 27th. Uh, and it looks like the 26th. So Thursday and Friday. Um, and I'm not sure which is going to be the meetup. The meetup might be on Friday morning, but I think it's going to be Thursday night. And I, I, I listen, I don't know if this is going to happen, but but... But it looks like Shamrock's people are trying to get the weigh-in at our first responder meetup to do the, the weigh-in with us. So the, the first responders and uh, supporters behind the media as the media goes through and does the weigh-ins for the big bare-knuckle fight. So this is bare-knuckle fight two. It's huge. Kid Shamrock is a huge fan of first responders. Go online right now and go ahead and get the ticket to the fight. We're all going to be there, and we're all going to be at Island Gar Girls Cigar Bar <clears throat> probably Thursday night and at some point on Friday. So you will get to meet all of us at the Failure Stop crew. Um, but we want to see as many of you guys there at the Island Girls Cigar Bar in Ponte Vedra, Florida, Thursday night. And hopefully the meeting with Ken Shamrock will be Thursday night, but if not, it'll be on Friday. But you can go ahead and put it in your calendar that we will all see you guys um, Thursday night at Island Girl Cigar Bar. And um, this is going to be really cool. And um, I hope you guys have fun. But I, I, uh, Ken Shamrock's people are super dope. They reached out to us, huge supporters of first responders. So I'm really, really excited. Um, and, you know, we have a lot of followers in, in Florida. So. Um, shouldn't be too big of a trip. 
Um, and then November 11th and 12th, Vinnie Montez in North Carolina, Drew Breezy will be emceeing the event, Badges to badges and Boxes event in Albemarle, North Carolina. Get your tickets to go see that. He'll be, um, he'll be in Albemarle, North Carolina, just outside of Charlotte, taking care of business. There are a bunch of one more and I'm out of your podcast guys are flying in for that. Um, and then that, that next day it's in Raleigh and, uh, and then myself and Jay Durrell will be opening for Vinnie Montez. And that will be at uh, Jesse's Honky Tonk in Cary, North Carolina, which is basically Raleigh. So uh, big meetup in North Carolina in November. Big uh, meetup in Florida in October. We hope to see you guys there. From myself, the easy, the steezy, the beautiful Drew Breezy, Josh from Dead Leg Media. And I'm so sorry that we weren't able to have Anthony here because of technical issues, but we'll get it worked out. Um, we're kind of just trying to see where this whole last call news thing has been probably our most adaptive show like this show has just been a roller coaster of where it came from and where it's at now um but we're always trying to see what's best for our first responders tag a first responder let a first responder know tell us in our show we are the number one channel where uh, first responders go to be informed and entertained we'll see you guys tomorrow night for com center with uh, drew and jonathan bates have a good wednesday thursday afternoon cheers <laughs>